Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Positivity Strategist. My guest today is Kathy Becker, and I'm truly excited about this show as Kathy is the CEO and president of the Company of Experts Incorporated, and she's an appreciative inquiry practitioner. And as such, we're professional colleagues. In the show this week, Kathy and I model the Appreciative Inquiry Discovery Interview. We talk about our high point experiences using the Appreciative Inquiry approach, which has been used globally for almost 30 years. Appreciative Inquiry has been called a positive revolution in change. It seeks to inspire, mobilize and sustain employee engagement and collaborations. Here is a sneak preview. Listen to Kathy. We are changing organizations because now organizations call me, whereas we had to go out and really work hard to explain to them what appreciative inquiry is. Now they call me and they know about it. But first, we have our Positivity Lens Reframe segment. You know that I do this each week as a way to strengthen our positivity muscle and to hone our ability to view people and situations through multiple lenses. Remember what you focus on grows. So to recap the previous episode with Natalie Schell, which was called Decluttering Your Life with Good Design and Positivity, I invited you to think about following some of Natalie's great tips about clearing some space to bring more positivity into your life. And by space, we mean physical space, mental space, emotional space, and thinking space. So here were four suggestions. Number one, if you need to get rid of clutter, start with a corner. Number two, laugh, because humor is a great energy shifter. And number three, just let it go. Release whatever the clutter is that's holding you up. And four, Put yourself in the direction of how you want to feel to begin to release the clutter. And now to this week's show. I'm welcoming Kathy Becker to my show today. I've been so looking forward to this for some time. And I'm very excited because Kathy and I share a passion for the same kind of work in the field of organization and community development. We have independent businesses and we work with all kinds of organizations through a specific strength-based generative positive framework called Appreciative Inquiry. And as many of my listeners know already, this is the kind of work that I do. So having Kathy with me today to explore it even more deeply and further is very, very thrilling to me. So Kathy, thank you so much in advance for spending this time with me and welcome Robin, thank you so much for um, offering me this opportunity today. I'm really looking forward to sharing discovery and uh, our work with other people. Beautiful, Kathy. Yeah. And so I'm super excited because we're doing, this is a first really for me. We're going to do this interview. We're going to use, we're going to interview each other using the Appreciative Inquiry Discovery Interview, which is the first step in the Appreciative Inquiry process. And the topic that we're going to be inquiring into is our own high peak appreciative inquiry experiences. Before we get started and doing this interview, I think it might be a good thing just to set the scene briefly. And um, I would love for you to share with the listeners how you came to be doing this work, the work that we both love so much. So would you like to just give a little bit of background about you, Kathy? Yes, thank you. Um, I always think uh, this is the most um, amazing journey and experience, and I am the luckiest woman in the world to be doing this. I was an HR human resources um, person in a community college in California. I had the opportunity to take a team for a leadership training. I learned quickly about appreciative inquiry. It was just a 20-minute introduction. 
And I thought, I need to know more about this. So I wholeheartedly went back to the college, um, told the president, we need to do an inquiry uh, with everyone here in the room at the same time. And he agreed. And that's that was my first experience with appreciative inquiry to actually see how it worked um, with uh, whole systems. And I just fell in love with it and I uh, started using it uh, at work and it, and then about uh, two or three years later, I had the opportunity to actually go into the business full time. And it's been just amazing. So I, I, I am the luckiest woman in the world. I feel like you could pinch me and I, you know, would wake up, but I don't want to do that just yet. <laughs> yes. Um, it's so interesting to hear that, Kathy, because I hear so many people who use appreciative inquiry as their, their dominant framework in the work that they do. It just instantly, it was like in the moment they got that this is the way that you can engage people and do your true heartfelt work. It's a wonderful story and I think it's a very shared story in our community. Yes, I think so. So my background then, um, just to to fill people in, is I've been doing organisation development for almost 30 years and I started in Australia and um, I've always been drawn to participatory methodologies, you know, how you engage all stakeholders in a system. And in those days, kind of the work was around, you know, sharing values and mission and finding the behaviours that you can live out the values um, so it was all about the practice. And then it was in 2004 when I came to the States that I was introduced to appreciative increase. So I went off to Case Western and did the Positive Business and Society Change Program with David Cooper Ryder. And um, obviously, like you, I consider myself extremely fortunate to be able to do this kind of work. And it really informs everything I do in my life and in my work ever since. And that's not, I can say, like, 11 years that I've been practicing this way of being and doing. Wonderful. Good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So why don't we get to our task at hand, and that is to model or demonstrate um, the appreciative inquiry discovery interview with our own high point stories. And so this is what we, we thought would be really valuable for listeners, Kathy, that um, I will interview you first and then you'll have the opportunity to interview me as happens when we do this work. So when we go into a system, into an organisation, a community, a school, a hospital or wherever it is, we seek to discover the best that exists in that system and we ask these these um, types of questions. So we're modelling here a very generic AI discovery interview. So here's the first question, Cathy. So what's been a high point experience for you as an appreciative inquiry practitioner when you felt most alive, successful and effective? Would you please share that story? Um, yes. Um, what comes to my mind, a uh, first thing is um, when I was working uh, with the school district in Macon, Georgia, Bibb County Schools, and I had three weeks to plan a an inquiry with 4,500 people. I was working in Reno, Nevada with a team and I received a phone call from the superintendent who told me that he was new in this district and he wanted to uh, start the strategic planning, but he wanted to do it differently. He wanted to invite everyone in and have that um, uh, sense that they were all involved, their voice was heard, that, that they, it was inclusive. And so he in, asked me if we could do it. Um, and my first thought was like, oh, I'm not sure, but yes, we can. And um, so we started off on that journey. And it was um, an amazing planning process, bringing together just the right team of design and AI facilitators, um, the core team. Uh, so I'd say that was probably my high point where I felt like I was right on top of it. And, and um, it was just the best experience ever. So, Kathy, you did this in three weeks? In three weeks, yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yes. Um, so what happened was, is um, I, I, it was like at night and I told him, sure, let, you know, I'm working for a couple of days here. Uh, as soon as I get back to the office, I'll send you a quick proposal, but we need to start planning right away. So I uh, emailed several um, people that I know in the 
in the AI world and asked if they'd be available to help on this project. And uh, then also because we do have a training business and we train uh, facilitators and practitioners in appreciative inquiry, I also just sent out an email out to um, people who'd been through our training and had uh, completed their certification or their practicum portion mm -hmm. and asked them if they would uh, be interested in um, kind of interning if they'd like this experience. Uh, because I knew that the district could not afford uh, as many people as we would need to have this actually um, work in three weeks. And um, so I had um, a, an enormous um, a number of people offer to help. And we pulled together um, a great team. So this this has so many areas where I'm feeling like, oh, I was really at the top of my game. One is like getting this group of uh, expertise together to help plan and design it and helping the, the uh, school district uh, design and pull together the um, actual inquiry. And, um, tr you know, we, we then developed the two-day training for um, a 60-member core team. And so there are many elements of this where I, I really feel like um, it was the best experience ever for me. Yeah. Um, can you just say a little bit more about the core team? So... So can I just summarize a little bit? Um, so you had three weeks to do it. You reached out to your network of people who you knew were skilled and practiced in appreciative inquiry. And then you did a two-day training for 60 people in the school district. Yes. Great. Yes. So could you say a little bit more about how you did that two-day training? Yes. I mean, yeah, how that came about? Definitely. So um, – with the the uh, design and facilitation team that I uh, we brought together, one of the people happened to live very close to the school district, which was just a, a wonderful thing. It was in the south, so it was quite a um, a distance from me personally. And uh, so we, I uh, worked with the um, the district and talked to them about what a core team is, that it's a nice slice of the entire organization. So it would include, uh, you know, you'd look at all the job categories and gender and ethnicity and school, dis you know, different schools that they worked at, just as many different uh, levels of difference that you could have mm. to bring together this um core team. And it was really so funny because I, I, I got a phone call from one of them because, you know, in school districts, they often count the number of people in different categories. So um, they wanted me to, if I could help them figure out the percentages we would need in each category. And um, I said, well, you know, appreciative inquiry is a little bit different. We're not going to really look at the percentages, but we just want that flavor. We want to have the voices because this is this smaller group is going to help us decide and design for the whole. And so they really didn't, the people who were organizing it didn't really understand or know appreciative inquiry. It was really the first time they've ever heard it. It was the superintendent who was new to the district who understood a new appreciative inquiry mm -hmm. and had worked with it before. So they were all kind of, you know, just as full of questions and asking constantly how come and why. So it was really quite fun. So um, one of the facilitator who was closest, um, Sherry, she went one day and did a uh, like a two-hour introduction to appreciative inquiry, just the high points of appreciative inquiry about a week before their core team training. And then we asked them in that week to go out and practice, gave them little things to practice with students and with uh, with teachers to just start practicing at their work sites and then come back the next week and tell us what kinds of experiences they had and how it felt and did it change the relationship that of with that person? So we just gave them that little, that was their first uh, test into the training of appreciative inquiry to really start uh, embracing it in their daily life. So um, it was on, we met in, uh, it was in Georgia. So we met with the uh, 60 person uh, core team on a Thursday and Friday. There were um, four facilitators um, in that training and so we had the two-day training. We introduced a little bit deeper into appreciative inquiry. We field tested the interview guide that we would be using in the summit. So we actually had drafted based on conversations with um, a smaller, even smaller group in the superintendent. We had developed the pretty much very much like we have here, which is the generic, but a little bit deeper because they're their um, topic was um, make and miracle, redesigning the education uh, of the future. And would you say that again, that the actual topic that you were inquiring okay. into? 
Okay, I'm going to look at it right here because I've got to make sure that I have this right. The Macon Miracle, a community redesigning education to capture the hearts and minds of students. Wow, and you you have an ebook with that, don't you? Or you have some publication? Yes, we do. Okay, and we could we put a link on that on the show notes page so people could access that. I would love that. Oh, that'd be super. Okay, and I just so this is for people listening. This is episode positivitystrategist dot com slash ps thirty nine. So if you're just listening and you wanted to read more about this, you'll find a link um, on that page. So I just want to put that in. So keep going, Kathy. So yeah, so please continue with your story about this high point experience for you. So, so we, um, as the core team, we, we, in, we use the, the generic interview guide or the interview guide that we had designed a little bit to go with the, the positive topic that they had or the affirmative topic and the direction that we were, uh, wanting to, to dive deeper into when are those best moments, uh, in education and what, what was, what did they recall? So they went through the entire, uh, discovery one, two and dream. We took them through dream so that they'd also s- have that experience and feel what uh, discovery felt like and what dream is like, you know, that, that high point of it. So we wanted them to do that. And we made changes. We helped, they helped us um, adapt the interview guide based on their input and their, their field testing of it. And they just really field tested it in the room. Uh, And we went through two times with it just to make sure that it was really uh, tight. And uh, in this conversation with them, we learned more about the people who would be in the room and how we might adapt the uh, guide um, to really work with the, um, the 4,500 people who would be there uh, in, in the, um, in the inquiry actually itself. And so then the second day was where we really started planning how are we going to um, manage 4,500 people in this arena? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a huge arena with the cement walls, um, cement floors, and uh, how would we we do that? And so because we had been working with the the parameters of the um, room, when Sherry checked out the room the week prior, she came back and said a lot of things that we thought would work wouldn't, so we had to quickly adapt. And the school was so wonderful about trying to go out and make sure they got enough chairs they hadn't been able to locate tables, so we had rounds of eight, and it was basically going to be, we figured, knee to knee. Um, so um, we were planning uh, where each core team member would be, how would we divide the, the groups up into rooms. Mm-hmm. So we had some rooms had 500 people, some had 700, some, one had 2,000, just based on the size of the 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 room and they weren't real rooms. We sort of made them into rooms so that we could, um, and we'd need a different facilitator for each of those areas to kind of help guide and answer questions and keep people moving because we also did not have a, would not have a PA system because the, uh, arena would not accommodate that. So the core team was so instrumental in actually helping adapt and make everything work. I mean, they had already been working behind the scenes because um, even to get people to the uh, first day of the summit. So we had day one of the summit day. We had the core team training. I'm going too fast. Just slow me down. Core (laughs) team training on Thursday and Friday. And the first summit was the following Monday. Mm. So it was just the weekend to finalize anything that we had. And so we'd been working with some core team members already on things that we knew we would need it. So on the Monday when the um, people were coming for the uh, summit, they would be coming in buses. But because uh, we had a bus driver in the core team, they actually could at that time realize that they the parking lot at the arena was not going to accommodate all the buses. So they would have to do like a little rodeo. So all those things were right, right there in the moment and they're planning and working it out. And that was all in one day. And uh, we're continuing to refine the um, interview guide because that, as you know, is so important. Mm. And we had the printer show up at four o'clock on Friday and said, you have to give this to me or I won't have it ready for you on Monday morning. <laughs> so um, we were uh, quickly, quickly doing that. So everything was was exactly like that. But the core team their their strength and what I then that was my first time to really see how important that committed group of 
um, activists almost who want to, who see the vision and see how it, it could change the work that they do and, and the organization and wanted it so badly that they made everything happen. So whatever came up with it was how are we going to manage the food and what about water to how do we move, you know, 4,500 people from one location and it was calling for rain on Monday and how are we going to do that? They were just in the moment of planning and, you know, we really didn't have to do too much. I mean, they were designing their schedule of who was going to be where. And it was just a, an amazing experience for all of us. I mean, we were just like on fire because we were just part of the, the group with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a core teams. I, I can never say enough about core teams yeah. and the importance of them. Yeah. You just give me goosebumps because I can just imagine what that was like. And thank you for explaining the really Im- the significance and the importance of having that that body, that core team of people who understand the process, really are committed to what you're doing and make it work. Just pull out all stops so that they can provide the best experience for the group that's coming in to go through the summit. I really understand that. Wonderful. I, if I could just add one thing, though, because it, when you said that just now, it reminded me at about 4.30 as we were starting to break up for the day, two people came forward and because one of the things we had not really addressed was how do we collect the data from this, the, in, the um, oh my interviews. <laughs> uh, and we, it had it just, and so we had briefly covered it, said we need to do it, but they, you know, they didn't, we didn't have a way to do it in such a quick turnaround. So two people came forward. One was the person who does the st- statistics reporting to the like governmental agencies for the district. Mm-hmm. And the other one was up in the room, of course, which is so, so beautiful that they were in the room in the core team. Um, and the other person was the um, IT person, a person in their technology. Mm-hmm. And they came forward and said, we have a way to collect the data. Mm-hmm. And they worked all weekend to actually implement um, a, uh, a program where we could have people with their smartphones collect all the data using the district's internal system so it was still secure uh, at, the, at the circles. Um, as, the, as data was coming up, they could just type it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they set up a, a, a special little room also if people did if somebody at the table did not have a smartphone that they could have, you know, we'd have runners <laughs> who mm-hmm. could run the, the, um, what was coming up at the tables, mm-hmm. the themes and the, uh, quotes and so forth. And we, they just type it into the system right away. So they came up with that and worked on it all weekend with a, a team of people. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's so significant. In- <laughs> It never ceases to amaze me how brilliant people can be when they really want to make something work. Definitely. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what was the experience like when these 4,500 people came together? Oh, my gosh. Over two Um, days. Yes. Mm -hmm. So day one, um, we worked all weekend and um, we, the, we being the, um, uh, that and Sunday night, the core team, we met the core team to, to get the chairs set up in circles. We couldn't do it until Sunday night because there was an event happening at the, um, the arena. So, uh, we, we got it all set up. We did everything. And so we were, we were all excited and ready. And as the people started to get off the buses and just kind of walk through the doors and and because they were coming by school, they all were wearing their school colors and um, and it was just really ex- festive and exciting and, and just a, a, a wonderful feeling of like, you know, because once you're once you're in it, you just sort of like let go all that planning because mm-hmm. it's just going to happen. And we had to, of course, pump ourselves up. It's going to happen the way it's going to happen. Um, and so we, we start kick, the superintendent kicked off the day and his opening statement was the system, our educational system is getting the results that was designed to get. Mm-hmm. It's just no longer working in the 21st century. So if we want different outcomes, we have to design the system differently. Mm-hmm. And very powerful, powerful um, speaker. And so we introduced um, a little bit of appreciative inquiry and we'd had already had the core team had given everybody a little um, 
like a colorful button to wear. Mm -hmm. And that was, and they didn't know what it was, but that was to uh, randomly go into the different sections. Mm -hmm. So if you were green, you'd go to this section. And, and so we, you know, if I was green, if I was in the green section, then I would, you know, I had something green in the, and would invite everybody who had the green mm -hmm. button to follow me and we'd go over there. And then when we got some, got them to that section, we introduced them, we got them a little, you know, warmed up and, um, and we went right into, to discovery and, uh, one of the things that I've never experienced since that time, but to see thousands of people who've never met each other before, because as such a large district, 25,000 people, um, and spread out over a large geographic uh, county, and to see them lean in and to hear those voices rise in this arena it was just, it was almost like, uh, a, 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 I don't know, it was just the hum was so loud and you could see laughter and you could see, you know, people just engage in that discovery portion. And it was to me, the, the, that was the highlight right. of the entire two day event. Yeah. I, I can, yeah, it's just electric. Yes, yes. So, Kathy, can just to a point of clarification, what was the composition of these participants? Can you just, I mean, who were they? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So, the um, participants, the 4,500 people, included mm -hmm. um, nearly everyone because it was, except for the only people we did not have were students because it was a non um, teaching day. So, and be, with three weeks, we didn't have time to get the students in for that day. Um, so this is all the all the teaching staff, all the teaching, okay. all the not all the non-teaching staff, mm -hmm. bus drivers, um, mm -hmm. uh, custodians, security, food service workers, mm -hmm. police and fire in the in the district, mm -hmm. uh, religious groups, mm -hmm. NAACP, mm -hmm. uh, some state and and uh, other local um, kind of elected officials. So there and parents. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. And so people, you invited them and they, they chose to come. So yes, yeah. yes, they were, they were invited. Uh, so, um, each, each school district was given the opportunity to invite, um, I think 20 parents. Mm -hmm. And so our, you know, other opportunities for invitations as well. And most of the employees, it was a paid day for them, but, uh, I, I'm sure there may have been a few people who did not show mm -hmm. up, but 4,500 people did show up. Mm -hmm. That's just awesome. Just It's just the magnitude of that um, is just quite phenomenal. So yes. can, you, can you just share some of the um, outcomes? You know, what did people leave that summit with from, from what you saw and what you've learned since and so on? Well, what, um, what they, they left because that was day one. And then uh, day two, they actually uh, left with um, uh, their vision and mission statement. Mm -hmm. uh, we've, they finished up with that. And it was um, every student is, uh, has, you know, graduates with strength of character and is college ready. So mm -hmm. that was their mission statement that came from there. Mm -hmm. And um, so as the superintendent described it, this was the 30,000 foot level. So we want to get this big overarching, uh, and then it would go, and then after the two days, um, what came from the provocative propositions are the, the, the strategic statements uh, went out to the um, schools. Each school could then um, work on them and decide how, what worked for this school and how we might adapt something and how, how would we live it out. Mm -hmm. um, so they actually did the design at the schools. But um, and this, they were very good about it. At the end, they took every single flip chart and saved it, rolled it all up and saved it. They, they archived it, uh, took pictures of it and archived it as well. Um, so I because it was so meaningful to them, they did not want to lose one piece of paper or one um, uh, idea. So on, after day one or at the middle of day one, as I told you, they were they were able to collect the data in real time. And the superintendent got a message about the data that was being collected. And he was so excited <laughs> that even though we only had like five hours for each day and, and plus lunch and moving people, he actually put the word out to the core team that he was so excited. He wanted to bring everybody back into the main room 
so that he could tell them what was what was coming up. <laughs> so before we knew it, everybody was coming back in, you know, to the room. And, and so that was, I mean, and that was that kind mm-hmm. of excitement was just palpable in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody was just mm-hmm. on. And when you hear people say that they, how they felt personally. So as a personal mm-hmm. um, uh, perspective, the um, interviews that we had with some core team mm-hmm. members and others after that, that really changed how their connection with the district and with this, they'd never, many of them, even though they'd worked there for 20, 30 years, had never seen Mm -hmm. the superintendent of the schools before. Mm -hmm. And so to have this fellow just walking and talking to people and chatting with them and engage them with them, that, that on its own was meaningful, but to really come up with some strategies and some way of how we might improve education and improve the lives of the students there um, was pretty meaningful. So afterwards, I did interviews with uh, core team members primarily mm-hmm. and, and a few others to find out what what changed for them. Mm-hmm. And so I one that really stands out for me was um, a person who was a, an instructional assistant. And that's a person who's usually in a classroom in a K-12 maybe environment and, and might assist the um, teacher not a teacher themselves, but they might uh, assist in the classroom. And so this was the person who was an instructional assistant. It's a, usually considered a, sometimes a classified or a non-teaching position. And so she was a core team member, and she told me that for the very first time in her life, she ever felt as though she had a, something to give to the, to the mm. greater good. Mm. And that people came to her now and asked her mm. for information and advice. And, and, um, you know, she had the assistant superintendent walk over and give her a hug and tell her how important she was Mm -hmm. to the, to the mission just was, it gives me goosebumps just Mm -hmm. thinking about it. But she said the greatest change for them is that when they had meetings before it was only teachers in the meetings at the school, Mm -hmm. at the school district. Now the meetings included everyone, um, uh, the custodian, the security, the food service, everybody, all of their their monthly meetings includes everyone. So they get everybody's voice about what's happening because they're starting to look at the, the education as the whole for the student. And uh, when they used to, and we'd heard this a lot, when students would have a problem or there was a problem in the classroom and they would call the student out, they always blamed the student. No matter how this, what the student's age was, they blamed the student. Mm-hmm. A student was at fault. But after the summit, she said they really took a, a different perspective. They would call the student, you know, in and they start to look at what was going on in the student's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, did, did you have breakfast this morning? Mm-hmm. How did you sleep? What's going on at home? And really start to look at bringing support. So not just look at it as a discipline, but look at it as an opportunity to connect with that student and change their life. Oh, my God. Yeah, so what you're highlighting here for me, Kathy, is very much um, the principles or the core factors that make this work work, you know, how mm-hmm. this work functions at its best. And so, you know, when you're, when you're talking about that example with the instructor, is that her, what, her title? What do you call her? Instructional assistant. Instructional assistant. And then, you know, bringing the students in to understand more about what's going on in the life of that student. It brings up one of the principles, which is not one of the five foundational principles, but it's that principle of wholeness. Yes, that's my favourite. <laughs> and so well, why don't you talk to me about that? Why is it your favourite? Um, it's kind of like, oh, I, I think it's my favorite because you can apply it in much different contexts than what mm-hmm. we probably would think of in, as wholeness. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what I, why I was drawn to appreciative inquiry the first time I heard even that mm-hmm. little 20-minute presentation, because my degree was in organizational behavior, mm-hmm. and my work had always been in, in, in a large a governmental organization but I was always missing something. And so when I learned about appreciative inquiry, it's, it from, for me, the wholeness is, is when you start to look at the whole system and you start to integrate everything. And it's because often we look at the things and the money, the buildings and the money. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives all of our organizational work. When you look at it, even the language we use in organizations, everything's coming from the, from the, Buildings and the money, you know, the, um, those concrete things. And, but 
but appreciative inquiry really looks at, at the human system and their whole system and, and how they integrate with each other. And um, you probably have a better, much better way of saying mm-hmm. it than I do, because for me, it's more of an emotional mm-hmm. um, wholeness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that anyway, so I'll let you describe it too. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, um, I think you touched on it. I mean, it is looking at the whole system, all the, you know, all the concrete things that you're referring to and then the human systems as well. Um, but what I'm thinking about as a person, I'm thinking of wholeness as, you know, it's not just about we have our work self and we have our personal self, but when we come to work, we bring our whole self to work. So mm-hmm. if we wake up in the morning and things or we have things going on at home that are problematic or challenging for us or upsetting, it, it, we don't just turn off the tap when we walk in the door. I mean, we are going to be impacted by those things because we we experience the fullness of life. I mean, we experience the good with the bad, the positive with the negative, you know, the problems with the miracles. So all of those things come together. And I think one of the things that AI does and your story is illustrating is that particularly through the discovery interview is that you begin to learn what really um, lights people up. And, you know, when you were describing what was going on in that room that, you know, I, you know, you said was just so palpable and it, it's almost electrifying is people were discovering stuff about not only each other, but about themselves. And so it's that co-creation of I'm learning something about you, but in the same moment, I'm also learning something about me because it's stirring something in me that resonates. And I can identify with that or not. But you know, you're learning about yourself in this whole inquiry process. And that to me, I think is just what's has been missing because we, we go into our workplaces and we you know, we do the tasks at hand and we do the best we can with the resources that we have. But again, when you talk about the core team and how it just rose above and beyond what was, you know, not even expected, but they found solutions to stuff that weren't even, you know, situations that weren't even identified, like where are we going to park the buses and how are we going to collect the data? You know, all of that stuff kind of, well, we found solutions to it because we were so in we were so invested in what we were doing and we could see the yes. benefits of what we were doing. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. And, you know, it's it's amazing that because it is the whole self, but things like age, um, gender, ethnicity, all melts away. It, you know, it doesn't, there's no difference. People are, are their true authentic self with mm. each other in mm. the discovery and yeah. that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, Kathy, I would one of the core questions we we ask in different ways. You know, we're just going here through the generic interview process, and these questions do get um, customized according to you know what the inquiry is and what the what the client group seeks to learn and discover and plan and so on. But one of the generic questions is my next one to you. And um, so I'm going to ask it in this way. Without being humble, what do you value most about yourself and your work? You know, you've addressed it in certain ways, but I'd love to come back to it because that's so important. Yes. I I think when when I'm thinking – you know, of most value about the work that I'm doing or when I'm doing it is when I am engaged in with one person one-on-one and I feel or, or I hear from them how appreciative inquiry has really changed their life, mm. their relationship with someone. We look at it often as the organizational tool, but it it's it's really for me that micro level mm-hmm. and that that individual and I really value about myself that my ability which I what I used to think was a, um, a not strong mm-hmm. but my ability to be more of a listener is really so important in this work because I can really get in tune with someone and be and guide them and help them and I think that for me, that's what I really admire about myself or value about myself. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm, I'm in that moment and, 
you know, and, and I can model an appreciative approach and conversation. And when someone, in, even in a, a training or a large room, when someone comes up to me and says, I really appreciate how you're modeling for us, how uh, this works, then I, I really feel, you know, that I've, that I've done my job. So well, I think that's my value. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's very special. Yeah. And what about the work itself and how how AI is organized, you know, as an organizing mechanism or process? What do you value about that? Do you mean like the Ds? Or? Well, you know, just the way, um, I don't know, you know, it's just what's the organizing principle behind AI that you value because you know it oh, works? Okay, okay. okay. Um, what I what I value about appreciative inquiry is that, that we're, it takes all of the good stuff of, of all the organizational theories and everything and brings them all in together and it really has a process and legitimizes what we felt for so long was needed or, or wanted more of. So I really value that part of it and the part that it really um, says that the human system in, in, a, um, in an organization is so much more valuable than any of the other systems. Mm -hmm. And that if we pay as much or more attention to the human system, then our organizations are going to be running so much better. They're going to be operate in a higher capacity. People are going to be more engaged. They're going to love their work. If, if we start, and, and then those other things will take care of themselves if we can take care of that human system. And I, I always think of that um, quote from a video uh, that I've seen of, of David when he's, he says that, you know, that if, what if we th look at organizations as a mystery to be solved? Mm -hmm. And so I think for with appreciative inquiries, we're really always you know, and have that inquiring mind, what's here to find, what's glorious about this organization mm -hmm. and these people and, you know, wh what's the beauty here and, and how do we um, just discover it and how do we help other people discover it so that they're finding the best? Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. Just to recap for the listeners. So what we've done here is we've explored that we've discovered the high point experience that Kathy shared with us um, in her profession as an AI practitioner, facilitator, designer. And then Kat, number two, Kathy shared with us about what it, what she values about herself and that's her her ability to be able to truly listen and model this process. And so uh, and then how you know it's organized, so how AI comes together as a process and serves people and their organizations. And the third question now is just a little bit more about that. The third question is, you know, what are the core factors that make this work function at its best? And it feels a perfect fit for who you are, Kathy. And you see the impact and, you know, maybe you could just share some more of those impacts. So the core factors that make this work, work at its best and the impacts it has. So the, the core factors that I think work best for the for appreciative inquiry and, and what really is the driving part of it is in the why the core team is so valuable and works so much is because it's not about Kathy Becker as a consultant um, walking into an organization and, and helping them and doing the work and saying this is how you need to behave and this is what's going to happen. It's really that the individuals, that the people discover and design what works best for them wow. and how they're going to be together. And so, and that they live it forward. So, and just giving them those tools and giving them permission to go deeper into their own values and the organization's values. And when are they alive? And when is the organization alive that they begin to chart the course? And then we can just to sort of guide and be there as cheerleaders. Yeah, do some, you know, do some more of that. Do it. So I, I think that's what, you know, the um, the work, the, the, when AI is functioning at its best, I think that's what's happening as the as they're just thriving in it and uh, taking it to, to new places that could, you know, can never imagine. Sometimes when I'm looking at the people that I've worked with and see the things that they're doing and the places that they're going and the people they're helping, it's just um, phenomenal. It's like, you know, I really am lucky to be in, in this place at this 
very time. I'm, I'm thinking of a, because often we think of um, appreciative inquiry for strategic planning, maybe, or um, large um, cultural shifts or, or something. Um, I've got a, 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 I'm working with a team uh, and it's actually a team uh, um, comprised and they work in many different Asian con- countries. Mm-hmm. And so the person, the leader of this group, the director, she's fairly new with the, the group and actually the group was reorganized with, and um, so that they had this director. And I think there was a little confusion as why, why is this happening to us and what's happening now? But it was some constraints and, and changes within the organization, the bigger or, world organization, uh, nonprofit that they work with, um, so that, that they really had to restructure. So the new director we ha- I had worked with before, um, and so she came on board, and so she knew that she wanted to use appreciative inquiry to bring everybody together because most of them didn't know each other, and she wanted to create this team. Uh, so it wasn't the entire organization's culture we were looking at. It was her team culture. And so she knew that she wanted to bring them together and introduce them together in a playful place and a relaxed with appreciative inquiry and start to design what are our values and what is what do we want to be known for? What do we want to do? And so we um, we began working with um, them and uh, it, it was exciting because you see people who are a little afraid that show up on the, the day before uh, we begin the work and they're, they don't know each other. They're a little, it's a little awkward. And so you start uh, using appreciative inquiry and the discovery process. And by day two, because this was a particular one, was a five-day um, inquiry, by day two, they were, you know, doing karaoke at night and dancing <laughs> and having fun. And, you know, like mm-hmm. they had been friends for forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and they were but not only having fun and being playful by day four, they already had their um, vision for them, their team and their values, what they want to be known for. And then how do they want to carry it forward to the people that they work with? which is really so amazing mm-hmm. because um, they could have hired me to come in for, you know, several months and write something up and say, this is who you are, mm-hmm. but this is who they, mm-hmm. they vision, their vision and their dreams and all based on real stuff that they do. And they know, and that's the other beauty about appreciative inquiry. We're not making anything up. We're not saying this is what best practices are for somebody else. It's really what's happening here because we're discovering what's best in this organization and with these people. Oh, that's so fantastic. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, that really does capture the whole essence of it and, you know, the um, the ripple effect and, you know, what you're really describing as I'm listening to you, Kathy, is you're, you're already um, showing how when you really embrace appreciative inquiry in your organisational setting that you are already you know, designing your destiny. So, you know, that's the fourth D of the process, right? Yes, so, yes. Or the fifth D, whichever way you look at it. But, you know, you're really <laughs> – what you're doing is you're, you are creating a shared just destiny or future that can be sustained if you just take forward all those – that richness that you gather from those those very yes. short – I mean, relatively speaking, short interviews, what you can do in such a short time – changes. It's truly transformational. And my perspective on that is transformational because it's heartfelt. It's not in your head anymore. It actually comes from the heart. And when you can impact the heart, that's when you can get transformational exchange. Definitely. Yes. It's Mm. it's not just change. It's transformational. Transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Wow. So my last and fourth question, what are three wishes for you, for the future of this work, for you, um, in this field of appreciative inquiry, Kathy. Oh man, that I could be so lucky to continue. <laughs> uh, right, right now I'm on uh, like a world tour. I've in just the last few months I've been to um, to Turkey, to Indonesia, to Nepal. I'm going on the way to Mongolia, and uh, I, I'm missing something. But but I'm just and it's just in a very short period of time, and it's so much fun. It's um, because you're just seeing joy in people. So mm. I think to, to be able to continue to see that joy and to connect heart to heart with people and um, 
and to begin to, I'd love to see this even take it to the next level. And I don't know what that means, but I think there are so many people who are practicing appreciative inquiry that we are changing the world. Even if we don't see it in the headlines of the news, we are changing organizations because now organizations call me, whereas we had to go out and really work hard to explain to them what appreciative Mm -hmm. inquiry is. Now they call me and they know about it. So I think what I would really like is I'd like some of those organizations, I'm hoping that say, you know, come in and deliver a little one hour introduction to appreciative inquiry. So we'll know it. Um, We'll want to then take it to the next level and say, now that I know a little bit about it, I'd really like to incorporate an appreciative culture and a learning culture and a, a culture of inquiry into my organization. So I think for me personally, I'd like to take some of my, uh, not take, but help some of my clients or work with some of them, um, especially in the corporate world, to um, start to begin to allow that um, inquiry portion to really dive deeper mm-hmm. so that it's uh, permeating all of their um, culture. I'd like to see that. Um, I'd also like to see perhaps looking at um ways to like this podcast is really a wonderful way to reach people what other ways do we have to reach people and what what's out there what's available what what you know what how do we do that Yeah, I think technology and the ability, you know, the tools that we have have through this medium is definitely one way. I mean, once you know once we started being able to access uh, mobile devices, it uh-huh. really it, it's changed how quickly um, we can get messages and information and practices out there. So, definitely, and you know, the definitely. fact that you're working in these countries that you've you've highlighted is, I think, indicative of that fact. You know, because yes. it's through it's through the World Wide Web and through mobile devices that people are actually, for good and for bad, are being um, have greater access to more information and can make decisions differently. Yes, and and you can set up like a, a little um, using your uh, mobile phone, just a, a little connection with the entire group, and you know, stay give them little pieces of uh, good information or they can tell mm. you what they're doing today and it's just wonderful. So it's, it's mm. you don't lose it. It's just a, a living process. Mm. Yeah, it's wonderful. Kathy, mm. thank you so much for sharing your High Point Appreciative Inquiry story with me today. It's been really fabulous. And I'm looking forward to shifting seats with you because in the next episode, you're going to interview me. And that's going to be such a treat to have you interview me about my High Point AI Appreciative Inquiry experience. I'm really, really looking forward to that. However, in the meantime, let me take us to the Positivity Lens activity for this episode, which you can download from the show notes page, positivitystrategist.com slash PS39. And in this activity... I invite you to think about a high point experience in your chosen field. You can apply the Appreciative Inquiry interview to focus on when you were at your best. Invest a little time to revisit the scene and describe what was happening. And what did you value about yourself in that situation? What did you do that made it such a positive experience? And lastly, what three wishes do you have going forward about how you can use your best attributes and build on the things that made it such a high point experience for you. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember, what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best.